Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My brother, Jay Hizzle, over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Great. I'm feeling great. Uh, we for the NBA, Jay. Um, let's get it, man. Let's get, dive right into it. Let's How get you doing? I'm, I'm good, Jay. I'm good, Jay. Um, you know, it's Monday. Uh, happy Hustlers holiday. You know what I'm saying? We out here getting to it, Jay. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like how you said, Jay, no need to delay. Let's just get straight into it, my brother. Um, so you know what we're doing. We introduced in our new segment last uh last episode. Uh shout out our, our guy, uh our guy uh Yakaperto, man, <laughs> giving us the game. So uh here we go. We about to kick it off with that, Jay. Uh let me know if you can see that, please. Can you see that? Yes, sir. Right here. There we let's go. All right, let's get it, Jay. Um what are we feeling, Jay? Um, do you want to you want to start I, with the like how you said six six like you said last time? Yeah, I already got my. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Lonnie Walker. Oh, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. I think he's like six three. Oh, he's six four. So he's smaller than six, six four. four. Smaller six four. He's got damn. We didn't get anyone on that. <laughs> he's um, older than so he's a guard or a forward. Okay, that doesn't really help. And he's smaller than six three. Okay. Who is smaller than six three? Let's just say Steph. Let's just say Steph. He's a guard or four six three. Okay, he's a guard. So he's just a guard. Okay, he's six three. Then he's six three because he's, he's six three. Yeah, he's yeah. above six two, less than six four. He's between forty okay. and thirty in numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, um, that doesn't help at all. But <laughs> that doesn't okay. really help at all. But all right. Yeah, who who's six three? Um, uh, and guard. Well, there's tons of. There's a lot of guys <laughs> like that. I'm not yeah. Uh, man, let me see. Six three guard. Trey Young. No, Trey Young's like he's like six one. Uh, huh? He's not. Is Terry Rozier six three? Isn't he? Well, Terry Rozier was last time. So you think? I mean, you want to try it again? Yeah, we'll just—it's not him, but we'll just do it to see like what what clues it gives us. Let's see if he's in the East. Oh, he's not six four. He's not even six three. Wow, wait, but how, he's how, in the East. Um, now nah, he he's he's not has even to six be, three. He has to be six three because he's above six six one, above six two, but below. Six oh no, no, I was saying um, what I meant by that oh, was Terry, Terry Rozier is not oh, okay, six three. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. um Man, it's a tough one, Jay. Let's see what. what? <laughs> uh, who's six three in the East? So many players. It's not Drew Holiday because he's about six four. Yes, yeah, he's like six four, six five. Yeah, man, this is, I feel like he's gonna be a nobody, Jay. He's gonna be a bench player. <laughs> and it's uh, not Drew George Hill, yeah. Nah, can't be George. Let's Hill. do like one more guess before we hit that silhouette. All right, last one right here. Let's do. Six three. I don't know why I'm blanking on just sort of like six three players. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Caruso. No, it's not Caruso. He's six four, right? He's like six five. Yeah, he's. I think yeah, he's six four, six five. Mm. Caruso, not Caruso. You want to try um, Kobe White? We we'll try Kobe White. I think he's taller, but we could try him. See what he see what he do. Oh. Yeah, okay, Central. I I don't know the division. The cent- that's that's not gonna help me. Is it uh? No, it's not. I can't. Tyrese Halliburton's taller than six four. Yeah, he's six is. three. He's like he's like six six. The big guard. Mm-hmm. Let's see that silhouette, Jay. See the silhouette. All right, let's see it. CJ McCollum. That looks like CJ McCollum. Is that no, no, that's not. Oh, that's Corey Joseph. That's Corey Joseph. Dang, Jay. 
That's Damn. gotta be. Ah, <laughs> All right, I knew it, man. See, you knew it. You said I it's see. a no. Yeah, but Corey Joseph's <laughs> not a nobody. I mean, not a nobody, not. but I, I feel what you're saying, though, Jay. But That's you know what I mean. Yeah, We're not gonna be you. thinking of Corey Joseph. <laughs> man, I, when I think of Corey Joseph, I think of his uh, Spurs days, man. Not a, not not his yeah. uh, distant days, yeah. man. So. That's a good one, though, Jay. Good, good, good job on that. You're good with the um with the silhouette, my brother. So the silhouettes gives it away, crazy. The silhouette you give yeah, it away, Jay. but all right, Jay. So uh, talk, talk to me nice, brother. Talk to me nice. Yep. So let's get into it. First segment of the day, Jay. We got our players of the week. Who you got for your players of the week in the East and the West? Start us off. Players of the week, uh, week East and West. Um. For the West, I mean, come on, man. Luka Doncic, he's been putting on the show. The you, sent, you send me that video of him cooking the Raptors. Uh, and honestly, I've just, I haven't seen anyone play like this in a long time, Jay. Uh, he has, he scored above 32 every single game of this season so far. Just this week, he scored 33 on the Raptors and got a W, scored 35 on the Jazz and got a W. Um, only took three L so far this season. It's got to be Luka, man. The Don. The Don. The Don, and then who you got in the East? I, I, I will, I will uh, say agree with you on that. Luke has been balling like a like a mug, Jay. Um, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Luca I'm gonna give Luca the the edge, but I will give my honorable mention Paul George absolutely balling out for the Clippers um, this week. But you know, as we always say, we value winning and what that can do for your team. And honestly, the Luca is, I think, floor a first ballot Hall of Famer, man. Just yeah. I, I haven't really seen anyone completely dominate the league like this so young since a young LeBron. a young LeBron, honestly. Yeah. So it's insane. I'm not gonna say he's on that level yet, Jay, but he's certainly, you know, gracing in terms of just sheer dominance, the way he just I swear the dude's just smiling because it's so easy for him. You know, you know what I mean? Like he's, it's he's too laughing. easy for him. It's, it's, he's laughing every time he scores. It's almost, it bo- Jay, it bothers me. It, sh- <laughs> it shouldn't be that easy, but he makes it look that easy. But you know, Jay, um, yeah, we're witnessing a generational talent uh, every time he steps on the floor, every time we watch that Dallas Mavericks team and, they realize that too. It's just clear, clear with the way that they're assembling their team. They understand how good Luca is because he's just dominant, man. Dominant. He just dominates the game at every single level. Um, and the def- even defensively, he's picked up a bit this year. So, man, shout out, Luca scary, Jay. And 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 what's and what's cool is I do like how you said that. Like you know, we haven't seen somebody dominate at this young of age since LeBron, but I like it because Mm -hmm. like, you know, LeBron at that age was jumping out the gym, doing all this and that. Luca really still not even really doing that. Just, just beating people off sheer talent, knowing the game and have, you know, having insane footwork. So definitely shout out Luke. He barely gets a dunk every once in a while. Come on, man. Yeah. He's a sicko. He's a sicko, Jay. Um, I'll start us off then with the East, um, the Eastern conference. I'm going with Dr. Drew, Drew holiday. Um, over his last five games, obviously the Bucks are nine and zero. But Drew Holiday's in this in the last five games, averaging twenty four points a game, six rebounds, eight assists per game, two steals on fifty two percent from the field, forty one percent from the three point line, and eighty four percent from the three throw line. Jay, he's been putting in work. Um, I think he's still NBA champion, still slept on. The dude just never gets enough love. But Dr. Drew, 
is an absolute baller, man. He's so cold. I love watching Drew Holiday play. He's going to lock up your best player. He's going to give you buckets. Um, he can play make. Uh, he's a facilitator. He knows when to get his own. Just a joy to walk, watch this Bucks team. Yeah, I'm going to skip ahead for my biggest winners. That's our next segment on biggest winners and losers. The biggest winners are clearly the Milwaukee Bucks. Look like the championship favorite. I really... Right, the way they're playing right now, I don't see anyone beating them. Whether because they can win in so many ways, which is scary. Like, doesn't Giannis doesn't need to be playing? He, we already showed that against the Pistons. Um, Brooke Lopez stepped up and looked like the best player on the floor. So they can beat you in so many ways. They can beat you in an ugly game. They can beat you in a high scoring game. And Chris Middleton isn't even playing yet, Man. which I'm kind of worried about because he's on my <laughs> fantasy squad. But the Bucks are disgusting. Drew Holiday's cold, Jay. But that's my player of the week. I got a little carried away there. Who you got in the Eastern Conference? No, you didn't, Jay, because I'm right there with you. But not Drew, but I'm going with Giannis because of the 9-0, and of course. Um, what I also really like is the, the – He's been really, of course, he's been really dominant throughout throughout this whole season so far. But um, the Bucks played the Pistons earlier in this week. They played they played them twice this week. Um, er, earlier, they barely won by I think maybe a, like a five point game or something like that. Next time they played, Bucks killed, knocked them out the water. Giannis had thirty two points, twelve rebounds five steals and two blocks. Uh, so, you know, I, I just like, I like that, you know, that MVP and Giannis to say like, Oh, you almost had us last time. I'm gonna kill you this time. Put him out. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I don't have much else to misery. say, man. <laughs> Come on yeah. dog. And, and Jay, I'm, I'll just go ahead and go right there with you. I'm a winner, winner of the week. Jay is also the Milwaukee bucks nine and oh without Chris Middleton. Come on, man. Like that's crazy. Jay. I'm I The bucks yep. are on fire right now. The bucks are on fire, Jay. Um, and I really think that's, it's one of those situations where the rest of the league's got to catch up to the Bucks right now. Um, I think they're on a tier of their own. So we'll, we'll see if if this continues. But I, I, they got no answer for the Bucks, Jay. But who you got um, for your biggest winners and losers? First of all, we'll start off with your winners of the week. Um, teams, I already said mine with the Bucks. Who you got? Yeah, I, I, I got. Yeah, I got the Bucks as well. Nine and zero. Chris Middleton. Really, really, I feel like you can't, you just, until they lose, you can't go anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? They're the only undefeated team. And when we're talking about losers and winners as far as teams, until they lose a game, like, they have to be the winners. They're, they're undefeated, man. So, that's how I'm going with the Bucks. Um, My losers of the week, Jay, I got to do it to you, Jay. I'm sorry. It's got to be the Warriors, Jay. Defending champions. Uh, and I did, you know, didn't, they didn't, they lost some key players, but then lose like all their roster and they're on a really you know, five game losing streak right now, sitting at that 12 seed. And, um, what, what, what worries me most as to, and why I had to put them as losers of the week is because they just keep dropping games to teams. They just shouldn't be losing to, uh, and that's, you know, you know that's a bit worrisome. Uh, and on this week on five and five, zero and five, um, on the week. So the Warriors got to be losers of the week for me. All right, I'm going to go – I'm going to uh, – I could see why you'd say that. I'm going to go with the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets for losers of the week. Um, although they didn't lose all their games, I just don't like the way that they handled the situation with Kyrie. Just the organization's pretty much in turmoil right now. So until they're uh, – until they get back on board and they're able to, you know, figure out the direction they want to go, I'm going to have to go with the Nets as the biggest losers of the week. Um and I'm going to keep it pushing on that, Jay. But next segment we got here is who's most likely to. So I'm going to go with in the next 
five years, next five years, I got four teams here, four teams here with very young and promising cores, Jay. So what out of these four teams do you think is most likely to have the most playoff appearances out of these four teams? The Oklahoma City Thunder with Shea Gilders Alexander. We've seen his emergence, Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren as their core. And then the Orlando Magic with Paulo Bencaro, um, Bull Bull, who's looking like an emer emerging core piece of them, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. The Detroit Pistons with Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey. You maybe even throw Killian Hayes. He's been a disappointment to this far in his career. And Jalen Duran will add, add him to that young core. And then the Houston Rockets. You know, we've seen what they're building over there um, with Ty Tyree Eason, Jalen Green, um, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Jay, that, that young core that they're building. So out of those four, four teams there, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, and the Houston Rockets. Who do you have making the most, having the most playoff appearances out of that, those young cores and those franchises Man, in the next Jay, five years? That's great, great question, Jay. I love that. Um, I want to say, I want to say Magic. I really do. But the only reason, because I think they got the best roster, but we all know making the playoffs isn't just about having the greatest pay, uh, roster on paper. It's about being able to mush it together and be able to play together, people playing their roles. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Jay. I mean, uh, I know it was a couple of years ago, but when Chris Paul was there, you know, he had he had brought him there to the playoffs. No one expected that. I know SGA got a lot of uh, just just uh, exposure in that in that situation. I know that team is honestly completely different from what they from from what they were with with CP. But I think that there was there's some players who. Uh, like SGA, Darius, uh, Darius Baisley, a lot of players on there got that exposure and now and now are now you know willing and ready to step up as the leaders of a very super young team. And out of all those teams, I, I would go with the um, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, especially especially when they get uh when they get uh, when they get checked back, man. Because when they get checked back, Jay, I really think SGA and Chet on two man game is is going to be some scary something to watch for. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. I look at these next four, these four teams, and I see the two best players right now are Paul. I think right off the bat, Paulo's arguably the best player, but Shea. I'm gonna give him the vote of the nod there because he's got the most experience out of those plays. He's solidified himself as arguably a superstar in this league. Uh, he can do it on both ends of the floor. He's a what six seven, six eight point guard. Ever tall he is. Um, he has the size, he has the athletic ability, he has the IQ, he has that if factor too that you want in your number one guy and your franchise player, uh, all of those factors make Shea just incredibly, incredibly hard to beat. And that's who you want as your anchor. And he's who I have the most confidence in out of all these cores. But I do like after seeing firsthand and going to a Detroit Pistons game and seeing the energy of the crowd and how much basketball means to those guys and seeing Cade and his leadership firsthand, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit's right in that conversation because I like what they're building there. Um, I don't love Dwayne Casey as a coach, so that's why I'm a little hesitant there. And I don't like the way that they're developing all of their core pieces or their young guys right now. Um, I just love what OKC is doing the most, though, out of out of this group. And I'm going to give the best player of this group the nod here. Um, and Josh Giddy's showing flashes, too. So I'm going to go with OKC in this one by a little bit. 
Uh, and I don't think Houston or uh, Houston's very close in that mix. They're yeah, probably my least. Yeah. I think though I have the least playoff appearances out of all these groups. Um, but Jay, next, who's most likely to? So who's most likely to in the next five years have an MVP if one of them at all is going to have an MVP? Not for certain. One of them will. Jason Tatum, John Morant. Or Devin Booker, who is the first of those three? If they're gonna have an MVP, which one of those will have one? Man, I like that, Jay. Um, Be the first one to get one. I gotta go, Jason Tatum, Jay. I gotta go, Jason Tatum. We know it. We know what Jason Tatum oh. do as a. We know what Jason Tatum do as Whoa. a. <laughs> as a whole, Jay, we know what he do. We see. We see the way he's playing this season right now. He keeps continues to play like this. So, I mean. Unfortunately, Luka Doncic is playing, so he won't win it. But he, you know, he he can keep doing his thing. Uh, he's definitely going to be like a runner-up. We've seen him uh, contribute to winning, and I mean, the the MVP. I mean, when we think back to Westbrook's, like I believe it was 2017 when they gave him the MVP. A lot of people had a problem with that because he wasn't winning. He was like the seventh or eighth seed, and that's you know, I think I think that's the same thing that 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 people would argue against a Devin Booker or John Moran because if you're if, if you're going Devin Booker, John Moran, or Jason Tatum, out of all those guys, Jason Tatum is the most proven winner, in my opinion. Jason Tatum is the, the, the leader out of all those guys, in my opinion, more than anyone. So uh, for me, Jay, I got to go Jason Tatum. Um, if Luka, if something happens to Luka, Jay, I hope nothing happens to him. Don't be surprised, man, if, 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 if he's up there in uh, MVPs, Jason Tatum. Definitely. Wow, Jay. Wow. Yeah. Jay, because – I'm going to hit you with a, the, a shout-out Nipsey Hustle, Jay, because last time that I checked, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are 7-3 and three with the 70, uh, 70, 700 win percentage, Jay. And now that's the best – actually, no, second best out of this group. And Devin Booker is has a 7-2 record. Um, but that's the best out of that group. The, the Suns have the best record, followed by the Grizzlies, followed by um, the third team here which is Jason Tatum's Boston Celtics, Jay. So I just love the way that Jaw's playing right now, controlling that offense. You know, we, he, we've seen him s- slowly but surely start relying less on his athleticism and using it to his advantage. We've seen him make the, make the strong, um, strong change to his game to show the change of space, to use his quickness to his advantage, you know, the burst of speed kind of protect himself a little bit more sometimes he's still doing those dunks where you just hold your breath and kind of hope for the best on some landings where he's just taken off from the second hash mark and but he's got the young legs he's got the young body but you kind of worry but I think I'm gonna go with Ja out of this group I never ever didn't really think I would say that but I mean the way that he's playing the way that he has his troops balling this year um, without a clear number two and that's the most important factor here. If you look at these other two players, Devin Booker is clearly the, I would say he's the go-to guy, the number one option, but Chris Paul's right there, right? And what he meets this to the Suns. And then same thing with the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum is the 1A, but the 1B is damn good in Jalen Brown. And he's right there. You know, he, we've seen multiple times this year, Jason Tatum has 35. Jalen Brown has 33. Jason Tatum has 34. Jalen Brown has 34 too. I don't know. So it's just a lot of those situations where 
Yes, Desmond Bain has stepped up, but night after night, we know who the numero uno is in Memphis, Memphis, and that's John Morant night after night. And that's what you want out of your most clear and most defined, most valuable player out of these three players this year for me. No disrespect to Jason Tatum. He's definitely having a great year, and I would have him right in that conversation, if not maybe ahead of job, but the clear most valuable player for the Grizzlies this year out of these three players has been John Morant, in my opinion, Jay. So I'm going to go with John Morant um, based off what I've seen from this year so far uh, to win it because in the next five years, he's clearly the number one option in Memphis. So, Jay. What's going on? What's up? Talk and, and before, real quick, not to mention that, that we might see a situation where Jason Tatum isn't the number one option on Boston anyway. Might be oh, Kevin Durant. It might oh, be Kevin Durant. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just chill, saying. Jay, Who knows? Who knows? Oh Smart. man, Jake. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I mean, little hey, prediction. Little prediction. It little could maybe happen, prediction. Jake. It could happen. It could happen. That would that would interrupt the shake world. Would the erupt. Lead. That would yeah. shake up the entire. Although I, I, I wouldn't want to see how you know how, how how that would work out, but I'm sure they would figure yeah. it out some way or another. But and yeah, well, that that was a good segment there. Who's most likely to? But without further ado, you know what time it is, Jay. It's game recap time, and I'm gonna let you uh, start it off. We're only going since it's a shorter episode. We're only going to go with one game here tonight. And then I do want to, the last segment, um, I want to get your games that you're looking forward to this week. Obviously, we got a full game, slate of games. When this episode tonight, as we speak, tonight we'll have a full game, um, full slate of games. Because if you haven't already, when you're listening to this episode, go vote, go vote. It's a big voting day. That's why there's no game NBA games when you're hearing this episode today. On two, uh, Tuesday, November 8th. Um, well, we're recording on November. Gotcha. We're, record- gotcha, we're recording on November. <laughs> we're recording on Monday, November 7th. But when you hear this, it will be Tuesday, November 8th. So go vote. Go get your vote on. Make a change. Make a difference in the United States of America, y'all. Uh, ignite your right. But, <laughs> but Jay. Listen, and I, so that being said, I want to get your take in your top games that you're looking forward to for the rest of the week or even tonight. Um, so folks can listen to this one and, and see what, what those game happened in those games. But game recaps, Jay, what game you got recaps. first game? Yes, sir. Jay, game recaps um, over the weekend is great basketball weekend on November 5th, which is Saturday. The Hawks beat the Pelicans 124 um, 121. And honestly, Jay, I still had my coming into this game. I still had my uh, doubts about the Hawks um, with Trey Young and DeJounte. How is that going to work? But this game definitely helped me calm down, Jay. They complimented each other well. Uh, and this in this in the first quarter was the CJ McCullum and Trey Young show. They just were trading buckets, going at it. And um, shout out to Clint Capella, man. He had nine points, eight rebounds just in that first uh, first quarter, not even the first half, almost had a double-double in the first quarter. Um, and then, you know, CJ had to really kind of hold down the fort uh, for the Pelicans in that first half because B.I. was struggling, man. He struggled to get it going, only scoring nine points in that first, uh, the entire first half. Uh, and honestly, Jay, like when you see B.I. playing that way, not, of course, in it makes the Pelicans a, a, a worse team, but it just hurts them uh, on the, on the defensive end. It, it hurts, it hurts CJ because now defenses are loading up on CJ because he's the only person who can put the ball on the ground and go get a bucket at about any time. So, you know, BI uh, really needs to be there for that Pelicans to be, 
at, at their best. Um, and in that first half, Zion had 12 points, CJ 15, Trey Young had 17, Clint had 13. But real quick, before I you know forget about DeJounte Murray, I want to highlight the fact that he, in that first half, Jay, he played so off ball. And he had a lot, most of Clint's buckets came from a dis, uh, assist from DeJounte Murray. He had eight assists in that first half. He had nine points in that first half and three steals. Um, the Pelicans, they they are right now, they're third in the league, Jay, for point, point points in the paint. And it really showed in this game, Jay, they took it, they, they took it to the paint with 68 points in the paint. And honestly, Jay, as I was watching, every time that Zion would dip that shoulder, the double has to come. The, the Hawks are whoever's playing the, the Pelicans, whoever's guarding Zion. If you're guarding him man to man and he dips that shoulder, the double has to come, man, because it, it's it's just not fair. He's too big and too strong for just about anybody, like anybody, which is crazy to say. Um, and then and then uh, this is where I really want to circle back to the beginning where I talked about me getting more calmed down with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young playing together because it's not perfect, Jay. It's really not. But. If it's going to work, Trey Young has to play off the ball, Jay. Um, in, in this game, I saw him just kill, eat the defense up with his IQ, with his vision, with it, with, with his uh, just playmaking ability. That I don't think DeJounte Murray has that as much as Trey Young, to be honest with you. So I think that, you know, DeJounte Murray should definitely play more off ball. And he did this game and got his first triple-double as a Hawk with 22 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Um, and then just, you know, some other notes that I just want to highlight on this game, Jay, was that John Collins, John Collins got taken out of this game, Jay, like he played the whole game, was not injured, nothing was wrong with him, uh, but he had a terrible game, it was seven points, five, five rebounds, four fouls, and you know what I credit that to? Zion Williamson. Just took, just straight up took him out of the game. Uh, I don't know if it was that John Collins was too tired on the offensive end uh, to try to do anything because he's trying to guard Zion on the defensive end. I don't know if maybe Zion's just a tough defender for him. I don't know what it is, but he just pooped the bed. And unfortunately I have him on fantasy. So on my fantasy team, you know, pooped the bed that day too. And then in that, in that fourth quarter, Jay, you know, Hawks got off to a early, early 13 point lead in the, in the fourth by their defense, really for, forcing the Pelicans to shoot outside shots because we know the Pelicans just like to go inside, give it to Valentinus, give it to Zion. Uh, but the, the Hawks shut that down and made him shoot outside and then that's how you know, the Hawks really went on that run. But, Jay, Zion Williamson in the last about, I think, four minutes of the game just did not miss. He went on the road, did not miss. And with 45 seconds left in the game, the Pelicans are up 109-107. And now we got a game. I'm on the edge of my seat, Jay. I'm like, oh, man, are the, are the Zion, Zion on the Pelicans going to pull this one off? But <laughs> DeJounte Murray, Jay, the same way we talked about him being a playmaker, now he comes in and is the finisher, Jay. Bro, he just broke down Larry. And that probably the last two minutes and in the overtime, DeJounte Murray bullied and just broke down Larry Nance every single time. Took it to him, either blew by him for a layup or got a mid-range pull-up. And, I mean, he hit the mid-range to send it into overtime. And then in overtime, he dominated. And, the, you know, the Hawks ended up coming out with the 124-121 win. Uh, good game. I'm, I like to see DeJounte and Trey working out. Um, but I uh, just, I mean, I need to see a little bit more. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure Trey Young's not going to go for 34 points every game. I'm sure DeJounte's not going to be able to have a triple double every game. So I'd like to see it, you know, on a, on a, on an average basis, how that's going to work out, but good game in, in, in general day. Yeah, no, that was an exciting game. A uh, great recap. And, and, uh, and I mean, I do want to see how that, that, uh, that duo works out. Cause that can be an exciting, uh, 
backcourt and a tough backcourt to beat as we saw um you know i watched that game as well and was watching that game and uh you you just you just kind of felt that pelicans were in control honestly for a bit of that game i just felt that they were gonna kind of take over with their experience and cj mccullum and, and zion uh, knocking off Trey, Trey's uh, glasses and things <laughs> and things of that nature, but no, Dejounte just looked like he wanted wanted it more, you know, hitting tough shot after tough shot, and and uh, at the end there and came up with that big shot um, over some great defense from CJ McCullum. I have to add as well, um, that was just a better shot over you know great great offense beats great good defense sometimes. So and that's exactly what that happened, but. Let's see how the rest of that backcourt, uh, that tough backcourt in the East works out. But I want to talk about another backcourt and another team, Jay. Um, and that is the, the Cleveland Cavaliers with their 114-100 um, win over the 2-7 and seven, uh, Lakers, Jay. Sorry, sorry to say, Jay. Because the Warriors so, only got one more win I, than the Lakers. Almost. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't almost said that, but I was gonna say sorry about uh, about bringing up the Lakers and that loss, Jay. Both both of our teams are struggling early in the season. Uh, we got what one more win than y'all that don't want to really bra- nothing really to brag about there. But uh, but Jay, let's talk about this game, man. Um, and the backcourt is what I want to start here. Donovan Mitchell scored thirty three in this. Continues an amazing season here. Um, and then Darius Garland with 24 to add to that, you know, the dynamic backcourt of Cleveland. Um, and Darius Garland uh, returned in this game from his injury, one game injury with his knee. But the thing that I, I see here uh, and what's kind of being the common theme here for the Cavs early in this season is similar to, you know, what I was talking about earlier with the Bucks and their multiple ways to win. That's what is making me kind of take note of this Cleveland Cavaliers team and their ability to win in multiple ways. They can beat you with their strong backcourt. And this was something to, I alluded to maybe in a couple episodes, maybe two, three episodes ago um, about their ability to beat you, not only with their backcourt and how talented it is, but they can beat you and bully you down low with Kevin Love, who had a great plus 22 in this game, um, double, double for him in 20 minutes Jared Allen, another double-double for him. Mobley was ineffective for the most part, but was able to affect the game defensively. This was a game that saw the Cavaliers with a tw- seven, their biggest lead of 17. Um, that was their biggest run. The biggest run was 17. And the biggest lead for the Lakers was, was 12. Only three, three lead changes um, in this game. The, the Lakers, for the most part in the second half, even into the third, um, were really leading this game. But what I liked and saw from the Lakers team, and Jay, I will we'll talk about this point, was the Lakers team who, you know, we talked about Russell Westbrook being the problem. Who, who is the problem? But I can't really say. We look at the game that he had. He was 6 for 13 last night from the field three for five from the three-point line four for five from the from the three from uh the free throw line seven assists yes he did have seven turnovers but i don't think the game was lost in russell westbrook's minutes man he had a solid game man 
I think the starting five for the Lakers played uh, played better. We're see, we're starting to see them play better basketball here, but I think it was more to do with what the Cavaliers did instead of what the Lakers didn't do. If that makes sense, Jay, um, this this was a sense. Well, this is one of those games that you know you could see how much this meant to this this uh, Cleveland team. This is a Cleveland team, Jay, and I'm going to read you this stat because this is pretty crazy. Um, out of 19 times that that LeBron's played the Cavaliers, he's only lost to them tw- twice. Dang. So twice. Yeah. The only other loss that he took besides last night um, was his only other loss was March 2011 with Miami. So this was this was what two teams ago when he was on the I was gonna say did the Lakers take two L's to the Cavs though. No, (laughs) yeah, okay. No, this is all the way back with Miami. So he's has totally total ownage against his uh against his hometown team, Jay. And I'm gonna talk about um what what Donovan Mitchell said because obviously he had a big game. He says, You've always got to have respect for greatness, said uh, Mitchell, who grew up a fan of James and the Cavs. When greatness are on the floor, when the greatness are on the floor, you go out there and try to find a way to compete and get a win. We came out there and we're just trying to do what we've been doing. Fortunately, it was against Braun, but that wasn't a talking point or anything. Um, So Mitchell remained in a groove with his new team, Jay, and this is topping 30, 30 points for the sixth time in eight games, Jay. Um, so, so this was a slow start also for the Cavs in this game. The Cavaliers trailed by 12 points in the first half during a slow start. Um, and <clears throat> I think it, JB Bickerstaff talked about this attributed to LA, but smoothly surged away in the second half. So he said that this was a lot of what the Lakers were doing. You know, I, I think Troy Brown Jr. Jay, and you can attest to this has been a great addition to what the the Lakers are doing and to their rotation, man. It's good not seeing guys like, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson out there and no, no disrespect to him, but you know, Troy, Troy Brown Jr. is much more effective. I think for the Lakers with his ability to shoot his ability to defend. Um, So that, that was big. And then Anthony Davis, Jay, we talked about the Lakers needing for him to step up. And he's been playing. He's been playing a lot better. He's been playing a lot better. You know, statistics don't tell everything, but Anthony Davis had 19 points and 12 rebounds uh, for the Lakers. I talked about Russell Westbrook, who had 19 points and 10 assists, seven turnovers. You want to see that cut down, but I do like his aggressiveness and his efficiency better in this game, Jay. Um, not a, like I said, not a lot of lead swings in this, but I will talk about the the huge. Uh, boost that they got on the uh, the Cavaliers got off the bench that arguably was the difference. And that was Kevin Love um, coming off the bench that I mentioned earlier. His double-double was huge for, for the, the Cavaliers. Um, and then Chetty Osman also big off the bench in his 19 minutes going with, with nine points, but some timely buckets for them. And I, I just love the depth and well-roundedness of this Cavaliers team, Jay. And ultimately, a big road win. You know, the, the Lakers are only two and seven, but it still is the Lakers, a storied franchise. One of the, you know, the two, two best players in the game and Anthony Davis and, and uh, LeBron James. So big win for the Cavaliers. They continue to roll. And, um, 
the Lakers, you know, struggling, but I will say playing better basketball. And they've also had a pretty, pretty tough schedule uh, to start the season. So, you know, if, if Westbrook continues to, to keep playing better and, and he's, he's seen, we're seeing him kind of fall into his role and kind of accepting that. So that's exactly what you need. I still think they need to add, you know, maybe a couple pieces, but LeBron's going to start playing better. Anthony Davis is, is healthy. That's the best thing you can say. And he's playing well. So it's story of two kind of teams there, uh, but, but a, definitely an interesting game last night, Jay. All right, recap, my brother. I appreciate you for that because the NBA League Pass is playing me right now, Jay. They're not, they not letting me. Yesterday, I was trying to watch the game. It just kept freezing, freezing, freezing. I was trying. I tried on Safari. I tried on, on a Chrome. So, I, unfortunately, I haven't even been able uh, to watch, and watch the game, Jay. But that, I got your recap, so I'm all good. <laughs> man, NBA League Pass is bugging. It, it bugging. Oh, and we can't even – We can't even. Uh, speaking of NBA League Pass, we can't even um, – Warn and people are giving them warning unless you were checked our story today as we record or this today, because I know all the games are free today for for any even if you're not a subscriber. Obviously, you and I are subscribers in the past. But for those of you who are not the the games are hopefully you see this or already saw our story that uh, the games are free on League Pass today. But that's a pretty cool thing that the league's doing. That's that's a, that's a really cool thing. I'm, I might have to call him up and be like, y'all need I need like at least like one of my money back for for one of the days yeah. that I made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing, Jay. But yeah. but yeah, Jay, great great, great recap. Um, I'm gonna try to watch that game later today. Hopefully, in my NBA league pass stop tripping. Um, but just just a quick thought from looking at you know the box score. Um, Lakers. I, I'm happy they shot 27 threes, but still, man. I mean. 29% has been one of their best three-point percentages this season, man. So, like how you said, Jay, a lot of moves need to be made, and that's bringing shooters, man. I mean, I just see zeros across the board from when I'm looking at this three-point um, th- 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 three maids. So, v- very upsetting. Again, LeBron has to play with shooters. Kendrick Nunn, <laughs> I don't know why, but I when I we got him, I was like, wow, Lakers are just – He's just going to make us so much better. Like I have seen so many zero and zero and zeros game from him. Zero and five from the field, zero and five from the three, zero points on 18 minutes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Jay, looking <laughs> looking bad for the Lakers, Jay. But but thank you for that recap, my brother. I will I will try to watch that game later today. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and that, yeah, but for on the on the good note for them, they are you know one of the top five defenses in the league. So you know you make that flip offensively and you shoot a little better. You bring in more shooters. Uh, to surround LeBron and AD and, you know, you're a competitive basketball team again. So uh, yes, sir, that's Jay. what I will say on the bright side, Jay, you got to look at the bright side, man. You got to look on the bright side for your Lakers, man. That's, that's the, that's the good thing, Jay. If you if, like, if you're on, if you're the Lakers right now, there's nowhere else to go. You know what I'm saying? You can only go up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess nice. a couple more spots down, but hopefully not. Yeah. But, uh, but all right, Jay. So let me go ahead and give you my games. I'm looking forward to uh, this week. For Wednesday, Jay, the ninth, it's got to be the battle of the uh, La La Land Lakers versus Clippers. Um, yes, man, that's going to be a big game to check out. That's always a big game. There's one game that I listed here, Jay, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans uh, sitting at five and four as we record this episode. And the Portland Trailblazers sitting at six and three um, going at it on November 10th, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Jay, I think that's going to be a great 
game. I mean, I'm happy to see Dame time back. So he's listed as healthy. So that's good news for the Blazers. And then uh, the Pelicans, hopefully they got everyone going. We saw Zion, return to Zion to their lineup. Uh, Britt B.I., your guy, he's back in the lineup. So that's that's going to be a good good game. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That's that's a game I really have listed uh, down here for this week. Yes, sir, Jay. We you know we got a a, a whole bunch of good games this week, man. And uh, today, um, you know, Monday, November seventh, uh, we got a lot of games. So we'll um we'll have a lot to watch, man. But I think it's a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up here, Jay. It was a, another great episode, my brother. Uh, do you have any final words that you want to say before we uh, sign off here, my brother? Oh man, oh man, we appreciate the support. I appreciate you getting on the episode. Stay tuned for our a big guest episode we got coming here. Um, as usual, get at us, follow us on Instagram, let us know what you want to be added to the show, uh, sub to us, like to us, um, you know, all of that, all that at Clutch Talk Pod on everything, TikTok, um, for all your basketball content, wants and needs. That's it. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.